You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the views or opinions of Public Radio KUNV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. I have a a longtime friend, Mr. Jim Yeager, who will be my first guest on the show this morning. He will come in shortly. But I want to once again uh, announce that the Black Firefighters host a monthly mixer. And again, contact Captain Lionel Newby. And I don't have his... uh, Telephone, well, I do have it, but I don't want to give it out over the air. Just call down at Las Vegas Fire and Rescue, and they'll share that with you. Uh, Also, I mentioned last week that, excuse me, the uh, condolences to the family of Miss Eva Whaley, Pastor Eva Whaley. Well, they had her services this past weekend, and they did a great job. Her family uh, did her a great honor in the service that they had over at uh, one body Christian church. So we want to thank everybody for attending because she was a tremendous lady who, in fact, she was not only uh, the chaplain for one of the chaplains for Las Vegas Fire and Rescue, she was also one of my five advisors. I had me an advisor team. Uh, Jim, just, I know you're listening. I, I had a team because, you know, I, I kind of get a little wild sometimes. So I have, have people to kind of keep me on post. And she was one of those individuals. So I uh, I appreciate the time that she and I uh, spent time together. And also there was times when, when you're getting jumped on in the press that she was just out of the blue call and uh, give you some encouragement. So I will miss her, but uh, I just hope that God is pleased with the work that she did while here on this earth. I also mentioned at our last um, setting we had a great Carl Holmes executive development uh, EDI down at uh, Dillard University uh, the first full week in June. We have it each year. And in fact, uh, guests on next week's show, I'll have uh, two chiefs. Uh, they were colleagues of mine with Las Vegas Fire and Rescue. That's uh, Chief Eugene Campbell and Chief Bertrell Washington. They will be guests next week. And we'll talk about their activity uh, as instructors, also board members with the Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute, so I look forward to sharing that with you. Uh, Tony Marshall, our service officer, remember, he has um, appointment times on Thursdays and Fridays down at American Legion Post 10 from 1 to 5, and he also has another location, which I I failed to write down, but it's two days a week from 10 to 3 p.m., and Tony's contact number, Tony Marshall, again, our service officer, 301-537- Nine four six five. That's Tony Marshall, service officer for American Legion Post 10. Uh, once again, good morning. And I have uh, 
I failed to mention, excuse me, last month, one of my middle grandson, K.J. Herndon, I think he turned 16 or 17, but he's growing like a weed. In fact, I think he's about 6'1", 6'2", now and still growing, and he's a pretty good basketball player. So uh, happy birthday, uh, belatedly, K.J., and I, I hope I did mention Destiny, our granddaughter. She was the last part of May was her birthday. But anyway, our first guest is, uh, again, as I mentioned, longtime friend, uh, Mr. Jim Yeager. Hey, Jim. Hi. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing well. Just a couple questions for you to uh, spend a little time together. I thought it would be important because you have been a guy who's been out there doing good things in our community. Uh Tell our listening audience, Jim, what branch of service did you serve in? Dave, I started my career in the U.S. Army. I was drafted. That was back in the days when they had the mandatory draft. Mm -hmm. And I notified at the beginning of my senior year of college that I would be drafted. And uh, as soon as I completed my instructions and had my 128 hours for graduation, they drafted me into the military. Wow. Interesting. You know, I was uh, one of the last other draftees in 71. In fact, they drafted 100 out of the state of Nevada. My draft number was 77. I never forget. So well, it's interesting. You guys had draft numbers. We didn't have that. This was May of 1966 is when I was drafted mm -hmm. uh we did numbers we just simply as soon as you uh, reached uh 18 and uh <laughs> met all the other requirements you were you were drafted immediately um it's mandatory that you sign up with the selective uh services board mm -hmm. and so it was it was uh an experience for me something that i had not planned on uh doing but uh, I stayed in the Army for seven years and three months, really, after, uh, uh, and that included uh, one tour in Vietnam as well. Oh, you did. Uh, so you weren't a, a career person with the 20-plus years? Oh, no, no, no. Matter of fact, right? uh, I, uh, I uh, as, a, as a college graduate, mm -hmm. they notified me that uh, I could go to Officers Kansas School okay. as soon as I completed my basic and AIT training uh -huh. in armor. And uh, in May of 67, I completed the six-month uh, course for Officers Kansas School and uh, was commissioned a second lieutenant. So while and, in, uh, what, were you, what were you studying in college? Uh, biology, a biology major. Hmm. Uh, and uh, my my original intent was to go to dental school. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, you know, you make certain assumptions about people. I always figured you to be to have been a career uh, military man, and you did. What did you say? Seven seven years or so. Seven years of active duty, um, and then because I did go to advanced officer school. Uh, uh, I had at that time decided I was going to go um, for 20 years, but uh, they said that uh, 
I had to go back to Vietnam again, and that did not set well with me. <laughs> Said you're not going back to no. I can appreciate yep. that. I was fortunate. I was a Vietnam era veteran, and it was the war was winding down as I got drafted, and I did not see service over in Vietnam. I did go to Korea, and uh, what highly of compound I was on. So, what was your job, uh, Jim, while in the military? In the military, I was an armor officer first, and my first assignment after commissioning was uh, as an executive officer in a training company at Fort Knox, Kentucky. Then uh, I was uh, took over as company commander of a training company at Fort Knox, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and uh, my hearing sometimes is a little bit suspect because Back then, all we had was a, a piece of foam to stick in the ears mm. when you're out on the with the tanks mm-hmm. and they're firing. Uh, that was an interesting a- aspect. But uh, uh, after Fort Knox, uh, I got the dra- I got sent to Vietnam, mm-hmm. and uh, I was originally scheduled to go there. February of 69, but because my uh, wife was expecting our first child, Mm -hmm. I got it for 30 days, and uh, and so I arrived in Vietnam in uh, March of uh, 69. Okay. And what was your rank when you were discharged? My rank when I was discharged, I was the captain. Oh, okay. So... First lieutenant or second lieutenant when you first? first? Yeah, second lieutenant, first lieutenant. Well, really, drafty, you're private, mm-hmm. and officers candidate school, uh, you're promoted to E5 while you're in school. Mm-hmm. And upon successful completion of that, then you become a second lieutenant. And then after that, first lieutenant. And in Vietnam, I, I sent you a couple of pictures. Of <laughs> yeah, I was stuff. just looking at those. <laughs> yeah, the first picture there is, uh, I think I sent you, was uh, me getting my promotion to captain and being awarded uh, a Bronze Star. Yes. Cool. And then you rode in a helicopter over there with no air, no well, power that, steer. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, that, that, that a picture of my ride. No power steering. No air conditioning, uh, no comfortable seats, uh, uh, machine gun on each side, and uh, <laughs> I had enough uh, hours, of combat hours of flying that uh, I was also awarded um, an air medal, too. Mm, okay. So, yeah. upon uh, leaving the military, what did you do? Well, I was at Fort Dix, New Jersey, Dave, and uh, I really didn't have, I just knew I wanted to go into business, but I didn't know what element of business I wanted to get in. Okay. So I went to New York, New Jersey, I went to New York City, because mm-hmm. I was at Dix, and uh, my thing was just knock on a few doors mm-hmm. and um, see what I could get, and I ended up... Uh, being directed to a company called EDS, the Electronic Data Systems, which 
was owned 100% by Ross Burrow, mm. a Navy Academy graduate, and mm-hmm. he also ran for president, too. Sure. Right, sure. But uh, I, I, me and a guy named Paul Rogers, we the only two black members of EDS staff at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. So, yeah. so how long did you stay uh, with that group? I stayed with them, um, EDS, about uh, three years. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana, and uh, my hometown, Lincoln National Financial Services, called Lincoln National Life at that time, found out I was not in the military anymore. So they tried to get me to come back home to Fort Wayne, Indiana, work for them. Uh, however, their their intention was to put me in human resources, and I wanted to make a little bit of money, more money <laughs> than human <laughs> So I ended up getting into an area of insurance called reinsurance, uh, working for a guy named uh, Ian Rowland, who mm-hmm. eventually chairman of the board of Lincoln National Financial Services. You say reinsurance? But, Reinsurance. Okay. That's the insurance of insurance. Okay. It, it it's uh if 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 you I'm gonna your company A and company B and mm-hmm. Sid Bachbuck start comes to us and he wants a two million dollar policy immediately. Mm-hmm. Well US company A can only accept X amount of that liability say, uh, $1 million. Mm-hmm. Then you send the rest out for reinsurance along with the premiums associated with it. And I would pick up the other million dollars. Mm. Now, if, upon death or whatever it takes, the first company would pay out the full amount. So it, it, it's in the background. People don't even know about it. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you don't deal with two insurance companies. You still want to deal with the original insurance company. Okay. Interesting. But insurance. Go ahead. Yeah. No, insurance of insurance. That's mm. reinsurance. Okay. Interesting. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if we were on TV, you would not believe what this guy looks like. Because if he <laughs> told you his age, you go, yeah, right. You're lying. Yeah, he's taking pretty good care of his body. Uh, he looks much, much younger than he actually is, you guys, because when he told me his age, I was kind of floored. I'm like, are you kidding me? But, uh, hey, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Any, um, not not advice necessarily, but any suggestions you would make to a young man or woman out there that's kind of giving some consideration to military service? Well, it... The thing is, I I am an active promoter promoter of the military. Um, not everybody in the military gets into combat, and right now, the type of combat, if we were to ever reach that stage, mm-hmm. everybody would be affected anyway. So, uh, my thing is, go to the military. If you don't know what you're going to do, you get three meals a day and a and a cot plus a monthly <laughs> paycheck. And then uh, 
The other thing is if you want to get into professional services such as law, dental, medical mm-hmm. uh, fields, the military will assist you as long as you've got the grades and uh, can uh, pass the MCAT, the the other uh, professional requirements. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't be afraid. And the thing of it is, they only require five years of service after you complete your, say, medical school. Hmm. Interesting. Um, any yeah. other closing remarks? And I appreciate, again, once once again, I should say that you were willing to come on and try to get you on last month, and you had a uh, an appointment that you didn't want to break uh, messing around with Dave Washington. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, the thing of it is I had canceled it once before, so right. I just felt. Not to cancel second time. Although I was looking forward to coming on to your show, mm. David. Let me ask uh, you this. Let me ask you this, Jim. Yes. What's your role down at American Legion Post Ten as we get ready to close out? Okay, uh, my my job at uh, Post Ten is as vice com- first vice commander. Okay, uh, and, and uh, the things that. I do are to assist the commander. And also I, I take the time to read all the books that are produced by um, the national headquarters, because we are in fact a, we are in fact under the national American Legion. Okay. the, the difficult part of this is that because of the fact that the American Legion slash uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars, the dirty floor, has mm-hmm. been in neighborhood all these years. Right. There is a there is a strong, strong. um desire to keep it as a as a just a community bar and it's not the license does not make it a bar right right back american legion so you guys were able to get some kind of special designation so you could sell some different memberships could you cover that real quickly and then yeah let you go dave is uh sponsor membership and the the veterans themselves have to pay thirty dollars annually right. for a for their membership, and we have a sponsor membership that uh, costs uh, forty dollars annually. Mm-hmm. And what this does is it allows the community to come in, and members who purchase the, the membership come in, and they can bring in one person a day mm-hmm. daily with them, okay. and they can come in and enjoy uh, things that are a lot cheaper than the regular bars and, mm-hmm. and definitely this. So uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it is a battle. Okay. Well, it's great that you had, you guys had the initiative to try something different and new uh, to give people a place to go uh, in the neighborhood. So that's greatly appreciated. I trust by many to include myself because I have a number of friends who did not serve in the military and, 
And thanks again for that advice as far as uh, the three squares that one can get while in the military versus those same three squares, probably not as good of food because I was an army cook. But uh, another place is jail. So that's a better opportunity for, for us as people. So thank you, Jim. Excuse me. Thank you, Jim. And I look forward to getting you back on the show sometime in the future. We got a, our okay. next guest is getting ready to come in. So thanks, Jim. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Hey, thanks for allowing me the opportunity. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. We'll be back on the other side with our second guest, uh, Chief Gray, Ashante Gray. Once again, good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. I'm Dave Washington, your host, and I'm pleased to announce our second guest, uh, Ashante Chief, Assistant Chief Ashante Gray, is on the line. Good morning, Chief. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just uh, I'm pleased and happy that you were able to, to get online with us today. Uh, got a few questions for you, if you don't mind. And then I certainly want to uh, engage you in uh, uh, your perspective on EDI this past uh, past June, if you were early, earlier in June, I should say. Um, so where are you from and how long have you been in Las Vegas? So I'm originally from San Diego, California. Okay. Uh, but I've been in Vegas since 2006, so about 17 years now. Mm, okay. All right. Now, yep. you're, you're a member of Las Vegas Fire and Rescue. How long have you been a member there? 16 years. 16. That is so ironic. I remember when I first met you at a meeting with uh, Chief Buchanan and uh, I think who else was there? Gene Campbell, Chief Gene, who else? Uh, Lionel Newby and the Fire Marshal. Chief who, Nolan. Chief Nolan was there. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah when, when you mentioned 16, I'm like... <laughs> I've been retired 17, so yeah, I was just going out the door as you were coming in. So, yes, um, yes. so what get what what got you interested and involved in the fire service? So actually, I didn't know what I was interviewing for with the city mm -hmm. uh, because the the position was communication specialist, mm -hmm. and it wasn't specific to fire like it is now. So when I came in for the interview. One of the simulations was I had to pick up the phone and take some notes. Well, mm -hmm. when I picked it up, the person was yelling on the other end. Mm. So I just proceeded with the test. And uh, the HR person that was there, she paused the test and she goes, do you know what you're applying for? <laughs> and I said, a communication specialist? Mm -hmm. And she goes, well, yes, but that's for the fire department in 911. Mm. And then she asked me if I wanted to continue. And I'm like, of course I do. Absolutely. And I ended up uh, scoring number one in group one mm. and never looked back since. Oh, that is great. 16 years ago. Wow. Yes. Absolutely. So um, obviously a career that's moving along well because as an assistant chief, you're over what areas? So my current areas are the communications, the Combined Communications Center, which mm -hmm. actually covers the most of the valley. And then I also have fleet uh, and logistics. Wow. 
you know how things get moved around. Um, that's interesting. A little bit of different from when I was actually there. But that's that's good stuff. I think you'll you'll be rewarded by what you will gain knowledge wise in terms of uh your your position in the fire service. I'm sorry, cut out. What what was that, Chief? I was saying that it's a little bit different from when I was there, but certainly those things uh, in those areas that you're responsible for, you'll pick up a lot of good information. Your knowledge base in fire service will grow tremendously and give you opportunities for for other movement, if you will. Oh, definitely, definitely. The amount of things I've learned, you know, that I learn every day mm-hmm. are a lot. Uh, and it just gives me more of an appreciation for the fire service and what we provide to the community and how the infrastructure of our department is so important Mm -hmm. because, you know, when they go out there to serve the community, they need to have their resources, they need to have their tools, um, and they need to be at their best. So we have to give them our best as, as chiefs in order for them to do that. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I started out kind of getting on guys about their being a little bit mean, if you will, to dispatchers. And I tell them, look, I want that foolishness to cut out cut it out right away because we must understand that and in fact I I will continue to believe that paramedics and dispatchers are probably the two most stressful jobs in the business and I say that because I know when when our guys were being mean to dispatchers I told them look they are your link between additional resources and you need to treat them with dignity and respect at all times and uh, I know that's a tough job and as you said, even even your testing process, somebody was screaming and shouting at you. And that's the kind of stuff you get when people call in, they're under stress. You know, they've lost probably the whole house or lost a family member and uh, they just lose it. I recall when I was, um, I think I was a staff BC over training and they had a fire in my neighborhood. And I won't call the name of the young lady, but they called me over to see if I could, you know, get her to calm down because she was going off and and they say oh they brought your black butt over here thinking you can control me <laughs> all I could do is start <laughs> laughing I just told look ma'am they're here to help you and uh please cooperate as much as possible and I stepped up and told the fire investigator I'll see you guys later I'm sure it'll be okay and it was when it was all <laughs> said and done but yeah that's a stressful yeah. position no doubt so first year student at EDI give me your Reflection, if you will, and just give me some thoughts on um, that first year. Share some of your, your, you know, with respect to your experience there. So definitely didn't know what to expect, mm-hmm. right? So I came with an open mind. I think that is always important in going anywhere. I was ready to absorb whatever was thrown at me. And getting there, it was everything and more than I could have even imagined. I appreciated seeing people that look like number one, mm-hmm. let's start there. Right. Um, that instantly gave us something in common. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're, when you're new to a place, you want to find someone you have something in common with. Right. So that was great. Uh, it was nice to talk with everybody. It didn't matter if it was a first year self or mm-hmm. an instructor or the president like yourself chief mm-hmm. it was it was just amazing to have the ability to socialize mm-hmm. uh, connect with one another ask questions even debate you know because in, in mod one and i'm sure it's this way in all the mods there's people from all different um areas within the fire service oh good so 
you're, you're breaking. there was a cheat. You're breaking up a little bit, but let me say this to you as we prepare to close out. Would you recommend EDI to others? A hundred percent. And I'm going to try to get some of our people, some more of our people there next year. Great. Great. Well, we appreciate your time and, and certainly uh, wish you well in your career development and hope to see you again at EDI next year. And, uh, we uh, certainly will take that back to our board, some of the thoughts that you shared with respect to the opportunity for folks to get together and talk offline, if you will. So thank you, Chief, and yes. best wishes always. Take care of yourself. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. We had a little bit of technical difficulty. I know the Chief told me she'd be moving around, and I could hear that in the, in her telephone line. So, um See you all uh, next week. Have a great, great weekend.